Hello, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housen. Christoph Housen, yes, very good. You both got the Housen in there. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that, Dan Housen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House podcast, Housen. Dan Housen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 348 for recording date Sunday, November 19, 2023. Hello, I am Marty. I'm Kristoff, and uh, it is a full gear sort of morning here. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> wow. It was a show last night. Um, yeah hell of a show we'll we'll, we'll go through the whole thing uh first things first if you're listening to us on your drive to your thanksgiving holiday festivities why i don't understand there are other podcasts right (laughs) (laughs) undoubtedly yes um but especially if there are children in the car, definitely yeah. don't recommend. Yeah, uh, not, probably not the that. move. So we're going to do a full recap of the entire night of Full Gear, which ran a whopping, oh, five and a half hours, mm-hmm. if you would pre-show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, I wanted to take a moment to discuss another bit that was in the news. Okay. As someone who we here at the Rough House have criticized pretty regularly, found themselves in the news this week. I'm talking, of course... About Nick Hogan. He had a DUI yesterday. I don't know if you saw that, Chris. <laughs> I did. I, chuck- uh, well, I didn't chuckle. I kind of chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently a big fan of the Usos, Nick Hogan. He's I, just... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish no goodwill on the Hogan household. Uh, yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. yeah. Who is it? I think it was, it was MJF made some remarks about Hogan this week. Mm-hmm. About how he's such a shit human being, but he yes. drew a lot of money. Yeah. So, you yeah. Know. Yeah, he's not uh, wrong. You no, know, he's not wrong at all. I mean, he is one of the m- most defining people in the history of pro wrestling. Sure, and shitbag, just not just, a good dude. Like, yeah, just a dumpster fire of a leathery asshole. Like you can look back and say, oh, "Well, what about all the Make a Wish stuff he did?" Mm. Man, in retrospect, it seems real self serving, doesn't it? Did he though? Was was that even around back then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. He, was, he was doing it back then. I mean, he didn't have like the John Cena level of well, nobody setting does. a personal record and you yeah. know, all that stuff. Uh, what I'm actually referencing, by the way, is the word that Ronda Rousey popped up in Ring of Honor on Friday night. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> there's no, there's no better noise to, to put out there for this. So this, this asshole. Yeah. So, so Rhonda, of course, left WWE. Uh, was it end of last year, beginning of this year, whenever it it's was been that long. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, it, it's been a bit, um, at least I think it was because of course, post COVID time has no meaning. Uh, it's true. She, she was very good when she started, I think 
Like she, she showed a natural proclivity to being in the ring. I mean, it certainly helped some of the people she was working against, you know, her and Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie. Like you're surrounded by three parts of like the post attitude era Mm -hmm. and they're going to make you look great. She looked great when she got, she's a natural athlete. So that helps as well. She definitely had, I feel like the charisma just kind of got sucked out of her. Uh, yeah, it's weird because her charisma is kind of just like, oh, I'm a badass. But when you're in WWE versus UFC, like that doesn't really transcend. And yeah. and I think what we saw over time was diminishing returns. Yes. And you could see even in how she started to react, she didn't understand why it didn't work for her. Right. So she left. And then Thursday night in Los Angeles was a show for pro wrestling revolver. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Sammy Callahan's fed bunch of AEW talent were on it. In fact, they ran an angle for the whole swerve hangman match yeah. during the show. Yeah. Switchblade cons- conspiracy reunited for that mm-hmm. night with Mox and uh, uh, Callahan. Exactly. And hopefully that's not being reunited. In AEW. Yeah, Lord knows we don't need that. And the main event was Marina Shafir. And Ronda Rousey going back to the four horsewomen days mm-hmm. uh, against Athena and Billy Starks, who right. of course are paired up on Ring of Honor television. All indications were the match was good, and then I saw so- Billy Starks drop Ronda Rousey on her head, and I I enjoyed that. <laughs> I no disagreement. <laughs> um, and then Friday was like the the taping of all tapings in Los Angeles. Yeah. As they had a live collision followed by a live rampage followed by Ring of Honor tapings. Yikes! And the Man, gimmick. Can you imagine going to that marathon taping and then the pay per view the next day? Oh my god! Like you're gonna have bed sores on your booty hole from sitting for that long. Yeah i I love AEW. I genuinely do. <laughs> I have a limit. The, the, yeah. the closest comparison I can think of is years ago, I saw Real Big Fish live. Okay. And you know how some bands you go, okay, when I see them, I want them to do these few songs. Sure. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And sometimes you go, okay, that was their main set. Well, if they play this song in the encore, mm-hmm. that's when I'll just kind of go, okay, I'm good. I can, I can bounce maybe a little early. Yeah. When I saw them, this was years ago at the Wrecker Theater. Oh, uh, yeah. They did, I believe, three encores. And at the time, I'm struggling to think of a single song off of a single album they didn't do. <laughs> well, I don't know if you knew this. There were only two legitimate forms of art, pro wrestling and <laughs> ska. ska. Yeah, very so. true. That's why I was bringing up the analogy. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very one-to-one. Yes. I really enjoy AEW. I have a limit. Yes. And can you imagine... You go from that and you go for all of full gear. You go for the whole thing because yeah. that son of a bitch started 3.30 p.m. local time. Yeah, it did. So I, I can only imagine what that crowd was like, but they did get a big surprise in that it was going to be Marina Shafir and a mystery partner against Athena and Billy Starks. Yes, people were starting to put things together, but it just didn't seem right. You know, why would Ronda Rousey, yeah. UFC all-timer a A household name a household name a wwe superstar show up in ring of honor as opposed to being like say the big signing on saturday sure as shit she comes out and has a match anyway yeah well 
I'm happy she's not the big signing of Saturday. Yes, same. That goes without saying, but I said it anyway, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I'm curious. There was no graphic. Yeah, um, no graphic. So that keeps me hopeful mm-hmm. that this was maybe a, a one-off or a per deal sort of basis, just to continue this storyline. Look, I. I don't want to see her in AEW proper. It seems like the direction Tony's heading is that ring of honor and AEW will be more separated. Um, We'll we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about that. Okay. So, Um, so yeah, I, I I don't, I don't love Rousey getting paid by Tony (laughs) to do, uh, do, do work here. Yeah, but unless there's going to be like a, an equal uh, donation to say a, a trans rights survivor, well, yes, yeah, Sandy <laughs> yeah. Hook survivor, trans rights groups, like you know, let's just let's just check off all the boxes that she refuses to and yeah. give them some money. Yeah. Um, Tony was asked about it during the scrum last night. Oh, okay. And he indicated it was a one-shot match. It was a one-shot deal. And the idea is to sort of pop subscriptions to Honor Club just in time for Final Battle, which is in the middle of December. So I get it, I guess. But it does nothing for me. And it it, it just is another one of those recent signings in AEW where you go, I I don't need everyone who's ever done something yeah. pop up over here. I, yeah. I, I I want the new, the unique, the different. Going back and thinking about this show, my favorite parts were when they took either AEW key talent or AEW talent on the rise and showcased them. Yeah. It was when, you know, uh, uh, it was about people with legendary careers that I got very checked out. So. Yeah. You know, this would be another example of it. Sure, she's, you know, uh, a well-regarded athlete. And like you said, household name. I don't need her in AEW. So. I don't want her there. No. So uh, let us hope that 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 Tony's word is true. He's a promoter. He's a he pro wrestling a promoter. promoter. Yeah. So, so you got you to gotta expect the unexpected. Although he's um, not really one to really work that um, much. That much. The the closest is what you define as an announcement and an announcement well, that needs to be promoted. I think sure. that's probably the the closest thing. But uh, I, I'm hoping that is true. I'm hoping that's how it played out. But uh, yesterday was indeed full gear. So let's get into the show. Los Angeles, California, the Kia uh, Forum. Fabulous Kia Forum. Yes. What, it was a rockin' last night. Over 10,000 people in attendance. AEW really needed a win like that. Yeah, um, for sure. The The pre-show, I guess people, because it started at fucking 3.30, uh, yeah. had some difficulty in LA traffic getting there super yeah. early. So during the pre-show matches, I was like, ooh, this, this, I hope this fills out. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Hank Azarius, Charles Bronson, for showing ooh. up. Um <laughs> I, I'm going to pick a quick nit here, Chris. Please. that's You know what, Marty? I, I will allow you this one time to pick a nit yeah. on this podcast. It's The pre-show is called Zero Hour. Yes. It started on the half, 
and went an hour and a half. I didn't realize it started at six thirty. Was there a match between six thirty and seven? No, no. Okay. The actual match was at seven. But, right, that I caught, uh, and, and I didn't know either. I just was, you know, killing time until the show started, and mm-hmm. then I saw, oh shit, like they're they're actually starting. I don't even know if people who are going to the show knew. Oh, it's going to be that early, which certainly, as you said, judging by attendance, uh, yeah, showed by you know who was in the crowd at the time. But uh, we did have a pre-show. We had some uh, very good matches on it, if you ask me. Three matches in total, and uh, the first one was added last minute during the whole Collision Rampage super taping. If you put a gun to my head and ask me which one it was on, I couldn't tell you mm-hmm. because the shows just kind of blend together for me, uh, especially because they were back to back. It was Eddie Kingston defending the Ring of Honor world title against Jay Lethal. We knew this match would be coming up eventually. I was thinking it'd be at Final Battle. Yeah. But instead, it was the first match on the pre-show. <laughs> I mean, if I'm if I'm going to be forced to watch a Jay Lethal match in 2023, I'm happy it's on the pre-show and not the main show. Yeah. Um, but the exact opposite for Eddie Kingston. So this right, is kind of right. Like- and what I will say to that point is when Kingston came out, considering the crowd was maybe a third of mm-hmm. what it would be, big pop for that yeah. guy. Like they sounded hyped for Eddie Kingston, which uh, really underlines the one of the problems in AEW slash ring of honor booking, which is if you are a ring of honor champion, you kind of get just stuck in the ring of honor zone and Eddie's been there and he is such a beloved part of the AEW roster by the fans. You'd think that they would want him on television more. Yeah. He's been doing promos here and there and more spread out matches, but Mm -hmm. he's not the week to week presence that we got used to. It's true. Yeah. It's, but at the same time, it gives other people an opportunity to, you know, pop on and have some matches and have a storyline or two. But yeah. again, you know, this is all and to, the night on as a whole is very indicative of the issue of too many toys in the sandbox, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there were some definite hat on a hat moments. Yeah. Uh, throughout the show, which uh, I understand that probably one of the things that all of this overbooking as late is trying to to uh to respond to there's been a lot of criticisms over the years about aew uh, especially from you know the the other side of the fandom aisle Mm -hmm. that there's no stories yeah and instead now they're like bashing you over the fucking head with stories yeah but they're not all Oh, they're they're not very they're not all great and yeah, or performed well necessarily. Nor do they need to be as grandiose or filled with as many ups and downs as they do, uh, especially yeah. when it comes to the the main event storyline. Which oh boy, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have some thoughts on that for sure. But to the point of this match in particular, thought was very good. Both guys looked good. It was sure. you know uh, a standard you know babyface champion defending against a notable Whatever. heel match. Um, finish ended up with these assholes, you know, getting involved distractions back and forth. Looks like the guitar is going to be used on Eddie Kingston Ortiz comes out, mm-hmm. saves Kingston. Kingston's able to hit the uh, half and half of the back fist 
and retain the belt. And Ortiz hit Sanjay with the oh, uh, guitar. Yes, That's, he did. You forgot the important part. There. Yes. Don't bury the lead. Yeah. Well, I was also a little bummed because he had, what was it? The, the, the mad ball, the, yeah. the stock full of uh, tennis balls or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Only really showed it off after the whole yeah. segment. So yeah. I, you know what, Ortiz, I feel like if you're really going to, you know, if you want to use that to be a, a serious weapon, put some golf balls in there. Yeah. Then <laughs> you're causing some fucking damage, my guy. All right, yeah. Tennis balls. Sure. That'll hurt. But a golf ball. Yeah. You're, 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 you're bruising some internal organs that way. Yes. Yes. Completely agreed. Um, then Kingston uh, joined very briefly RJ city, Stokely Hathaway and Renee Paquette on the stage and cut a quick promo putting over the show and telling everybody have a great night. So again, Eddie Kingston being Eddie Kingston doing Eddie Kingston, the people's champion. Yeah, very much. So then we had uh, another last minute addition to the show, literally last minute because it was part of the rampage part Mm -hmm. of Friday night's show. We had Claudio Castagnoli against buddy Matthews. Yeah. Which on paper Awesome match. Yeah, I'm trying to remember a time when those guys might have touched in WWE, but I'm not coming up with anything, any significant storylines off the top of my head. Yeah, I think they were pretty well kept apart because by the time that Buddy was out of the 205 Live Zone, you know, Claudio was gone. Yeah. So I I definitely don't think they've – if they had a match, it wasn't to a major degree. They have great chemistry though. Yeah. And I, I thought it was fantastic. Buddy Matthews, he's still figuring out how to not be cosplay Kenny Omega when it comes to his moveset. <laughs> but he's a beast, man. Like his strike. Yeah. And he's so fucking big now. Yeah. Mega yoked. Yeah. He's massive. Claudio is always just a hell of a talent, hell of a catcher, strong as a motherfucker. And yeah, some great uh, reversals and, and transitions in this match, too, as one would expect. Yes, indeed. And we had the Ricola bomb into a sharpshooter for the finish. Claudio wins. They get face to face after the match, which tells me, of course, that this feud Let's continue. Thank you very much. Yeah. Claudio extends a hand uh, of uh, appreciation or, or respect and uh, buddy as, declines. As Blackpool are want to do. Yeah. 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 If you beat the hell out of somebody enough, but still yeah. lose, <laughs> they'll offer you a hand. Right. Right. And Claudio ended up doing the, you can't see me hand gesture for some reason. Don't really know why. Oh, then we had for the Ring of Honor tag team titles, MJF and the man who ended up being his partner again at the last possible minute, Joey Samoa. Samoa Joe was uh, his partner to defend the Ring of Honor tag titles. Thought that was a fun match. MJF continues to, especially in these Ring of Honor tag matches, get more out of less. Yeah. Like you can tell he's just like, oh, okay, what 1980s wrestling trope am I going to get a, a 2023 crowd to lose their fucking mind for? Yeah. He was and, probably actually honestly watching some old uh, Hulk Hogan matches. Uh, you know what? That would make a lot of sense. How do that, I, that, that may be why he was saying what he was saying. How do I get the crowd to pop without doing a lot of work? Uh, yeah. It's funny. He, when he made his entrance, it was like, you know, the he had the full full gear uh, <laughs> on. And, you know, I was like, wow, he's getting a full entrance. And uh, he must have something planned for the second entrance. And <laughs> not so much. I well, mean, well, I mean kind of, well, he did have a special second entrance. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought 
Samoa Joe was so much fun in this match. I oh, mean, absolutely. We, we've gone on record multiple times that <clears throat> Joe is having this great late career resurgence. Yeah. And it's hard to, to not enjoy it. I mean, also look back on Wednesday, uh, possibly the <laughs> credit to both him and John Cruz. Yes. Who may or may not be Serpentico. Uh, the greatest walk away from a dive spot in Ever. Samoa Joe's history. Yeah. And there have been, that's a, that's a, that's a tall bar to cross. Yes. Yes. There, there have been countless over the years. Yeah. Um, Joe was great here. God, his fucking tope forearm. I know. Like he murdered, I think it was Austin murdered. Yeah, Austin them both, but yeah, one got a worse than the other for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the guns, you know, for, what their role was were very mm-hmm. good. I think, you know, as we've said, they continue to progress and, and be really good in that shithead uh, heel role of, you know, the association with Jay White and juice, I think has helped them. Yes. Exponentially. yes. Uh, rising tide, raising all ships. Sure. Uh, and if we were the type to have an end of year awards, I would put them and juice in like most improved because yeah, I mean, juice always kind of had it, but he was always just kind of, it wasn't all together, yeah. uh, but with the crew, with the, the, the bang, bang gang that they found something that, that, you know, like you said, raises everybody's stock. Yeah. So, uh, Joe and MJF retain after a tease of a double muscle buster, which it looks like if MJF actually hit his would have murdered Colton gun, <laughs> uh, it, it looked very scary. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we get the, um, who was it? Uh, there was a run in, right? There was an, yeah, well, oh, oh, it was a distraction Yeah, because Adam Cole comes out. That's right. On crutches. Yeah. Hobo beard looks better in real life than it does on FaceTime. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, but maybe a little just for men on that. And I look, I have zero room to talk because I'm way more uh, salt uh, and pepper no, these no, days. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also not on national television. Yes. Uh, and but then 32, four, 34. <laughs> Also true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that distracted the guns. Joe can hit the clutch on Colton. That's a tap out after the match. Joey Samoe and MJF look at each other. Joe indicates, you know, you owe me now. You get, owe me that title shot. They shake hands. Joe leaves. And then the guns jump MJF. Smart. Smart. Samoa Joe just completely out of the entire thing. Like uh, he did his job. Yeah. His partnership was from bell to bell and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, left there to watch was Adam Cole. Helpless. Although he could have rolled in there and hit somebody with a crutch. But. Yeah. Goodness knows we've seen that enough in professional wrestling. It certainly yeah. could have happened here. Uh, but MJF gets beaten down. They slam the knee with a uh, a chair, and then they mm-hmm. pilmanize the ankle. Mm-hmm. So now the big question is, can MJF go? And this results in a whole big hullabaloo at the end of Zero Hour. Uh, medical staff comes out. Pat Buck's there wearing a shirt two sizes too small, as always. Mm-hmm. And uh, they load him up into an ambulance. And as they're loading him up into an ambulance, MJF yells at Cole, don't let them take my title away from me. Yeah. And that's Act- where we ended it. Yes. Big acting. acting. Yeah. Big acting. Not as big as later in the show, but big nonetheless. Yes. And then that took us to the main show, Full Gear 2023, or as some of us like to think of it, Full Gear Scrum Zero Hour. (laughs) (laughs) 
the, the five hour pre-show to the media scrum. Yeah, exactly. Is that yeah. really what we're all there for? Especially in much. the post brawl out era. Yeah. Um, no sooner than we're there, we're getting a recap of the, the whole angle we just saw. I, I know. I, I mean, I understand why you would do this. However, if I, I would be curious to look at the analytics of the people who yes. tune in just at the start time of the pay-per-view and miss the zero hour. I feel like the vast, vast majority of people is like, oh, you know, I already paid for the pay-per-view, so I might as well just, yeah. you know, throw it on a half hour early or an hour early. Um, right. I, I'd guarantee north of 80% of people who bought the pay-per-view watched zero hour and knew all this. So they didn't have to get in all the fucking details, but you know, yeah, I I'm very much with you. I thought it was a little strange that they did it that, uh, that close at that point, especially yeah. considering they had an, another angle to right. do in, later in the show where they could have recapped it before the right. angle. Right. I digress. Uh, you, we, you're welcome. We kicked it off with trios action. It was Adam oh, Copeland. Trio Jones over here. <laughs> Barbed wire board Jones over here was probably my, <laughs> my favorite. Also, oh, Adlib Jones was Ad another one. That came out. Um, anyway, Adam Copeland, Sting and Darby Allen, accompanied by Ric Flair, went against the actually known as this now patriarchy of christian cage luchasaurus and nick wayne love that they leave they have leaned into this they got the new uh contron bit up too yeah the uh los angeles children's choir all in turtlenecks some of them more ill-fitting than others um just singing christian's theme song this was ridiculous in in all the right ways I wondered if there was going to be a joke on commentary about how Christian had adopted all of those kids. And uh, that's why they were singing his entrances. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's their, all their daddies. Because uh, all their fathers are dead. They're orphans. It's an orphan choir. <laughs> Just Clearly. like in the Batman. Like, yes. one, of those, one of those folks is going to end up being duct tape face Riddler. That's where we're going to go. <laughs> uh, uh, one of them is actually Paul Dano's son that he just got yeah. rid of. I don't need him. Yeah. I, I got my GameStop money now. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a factual documentary, right? Uh, well, more or less. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I will say this. Children's choir singing vaguely the instrumental process of the, yeah. the Christian music. A, I think it wouldn't beat too long. B, sounded a little weird at a point. Yeah, it didn't. I, I, I get the visuals worked. Sure. The, the audio to a lesser degree. Uh, however, just when Christian walked out, just chest puffed out, turtleneck yeah, new, muscle shirt. New Contron video. New, with, yeah, he know, was top of the fucking uh, world right here. Nick Wayne with some new uh, some new gear. Luchasaurus looked menacing as fuck. Uh, I mean, presentation-wise, patriarchy just crushing it right now. 10 out of 10. Then we had Ric Flair come out because he got his own entrance. Separate entrance, yeah. Reasons for doing nothing. I don't understand. <sighs> and then we had this weird, like, uh, spotlight shot yeah. of one bat, two bat, three bat. Yeah, I thought they were going to start jerking each other off at one point. It did look very phallic. It was very it, circle jerky. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a great idea in someone's head. But then seeing it in real life was really dumb and cheesy. They, they didn't have bats in their hands when they made their entrances, though, did they? they did. All they three did. of them did. And they proceeded to not use them at all throughout the entire match. 
Yeah, that's not how you do Chekhov's dick bets. Exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, that is the lesser known Chekhov's gun theory. That was yeah, that was yeah. that was the prototype. Well, there, there's Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's table yes. uh, on the outside of the ring, and then Chekhov's, Chekhov's ladder that goes to the commentary table. R- yes, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> one too. And then then it's Chekhov's dick <laughs> bats. Dick bat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the there was a united front from Adam Copeland, Sting, and Darby Allen, as all three were wearing uh, matching. <laughs> or at least matching in theme. Yeah. Trench coats. Uh, Sting had his full face paint. Uh, Darby All had black his, and white. Yes. Darby had his half face paint and then edge had the other half of his yeah. face painted. I, I thought it was a good look. Like I, I, I got the idea, but sure. I, I definitely was in this place of hat on a hat already. You, yeah. Just needed them coming out like that. You don't. You don't need this weird insert shot. Was supposed to be like three musketeers. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a bit odd, but you know. Yeah, very weird. Uh, it's a little better than Ric Flair. Yes, super fun match. Um, they are doing everything they can to make sure that Christian and Adam Copeland don't, don't end touch. up in a ring together yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen is the craziest man in the world, taking a full on choke slam onto the apron. Yeah. And that was like his second or third bump in the match. Uh, yeah. Just, just unreal. Uh, Nick Wayne is like, holy shit. I'm fighting people who I have admired, idolized. Yeah. <laughs> idolized my entire life. So I'm going to bump like I'm on cocaine mm-hmm. just bouncing around like a speed ball. No pun intended. And, uh, I thought it was a good match. Then we got some shenanigans. Uh, well, Ric Flair's out there. What, yes. do you, what do you expect? Ric Flair's on the outside. He gets up in Christian's face, uh, throws the punches and the chops, which Christian has to sell for some yeah. reason. Uh, Christian ends up going down for a low blow, taking down Ric Flair. Uh, a low Do blow that. Do a favor. Yes. Uh, it was a low blow that took him out of the entire match until after someone won. Until the bell rang. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah that's my cue. Yeah. The, the minute the bell rang, he was fine. No limp, no nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, I mean, didn't even grab like the inside of the thigh while he was getting in the ring or anything like that. I'm curious of, uh, this is a road I didn't expect to go down today, uh, but I'm curious of the just medical side of Ric Flair's balls these days. <laughs> Are they, you know, is it the old man ball bag droop? Is that because then you wouldn't have to go as low to get the low blow, but as viciously as Christian hit that low blow, would that the, the upward torque of the arm on the ball bag, push the ball bag up into the rest, uh, you know, push the tube edge into the meat. And then, yeah. and, you know, like, like that to hurt it even more. So you get some extra sort of situation there. Um, or are they shriveled up from all the uh, drugs and, and whatever else he's taken over the years? Are they swollen because of a, a no. prostate issue or something? Not I'm sure. Curious, I'm curious about Ric Flair's balls. If well, anybody has any, uh, yeah. uh, any info on this, please uh, keep it to yourself. Oh, oh I was just going to tell them to give us a call. 800 R U F H U S E. That's 800 rough house. Give us a call. We'll bring you on the air. Uh, <laughs> So post-match, everybody's raising each other's hands at the Bibba faces. Yeah. And Sting gets basically this big farewell in California. Yeah. Which I'm thinking, 
why didn't they promote that this was his last match in California? Not a fucking clue. Yeah, had it been said ahead of time, it would have been a great talking point, another yeah. angle to the storyline here. Yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, he went out of the ring and, and uh, hugged somebody, and we were like, that looks a lot like him, so that must be his son. Yes. Um, Which only would have been made better if his son was wearing Sting makeup under a Sting mask. <laughs> so then he could have taken off the Sting mask oh, and man. dad while being dressed as Sting. That- One of the greatest moments ever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Darby gets on the mic and yells at the crowd to fucking cheer for Sting's last fucking match in California ever. So yeah, Darby uh, before heading to China to train for his Everest climb, uh, just dropping some money into the John Moxley Memorial swear jar. Yeah, I mean, that's not a cheap flight to Nepal, man, or, no. or China or wherever the fuck you're uh, going. Apparently, uh, they were talking about this on Observer <laughs> Radio this morning. Uh, apparently, Darby is going for training. He's not actually doing the climb yet, mm-hmm. but uh, still jumping on a plane from California, going across the world. He's so tiny. Yes, he like, I feel like weak. you need like some meat on your bones <laughs> to fucking climb the tallest mountain on the planet. I don't know. I, okay, I'm not going to take anything away from the the achievement. I think it's cool if, you know, he gets to do this. Yeah, but it's been done fucking a million times. It's been done a million times. And I think at this point it's more, do you have the money to be Sherpa up there? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, a Tom Haverford, a uh, Haverford, uh, Sky Mall camping base camp sort of situation. Uh, right. that he's probably, uh, springing for, and he's going to look like the fucking little brother in the Christmas story. Uh, <laughs> it was like, you know, a big, uh, like, yeah, can't put his arms down. Cause he's wearing so many layers. Cause he weighs two pounds. Weirdly enough though, all those layers really helping out with a fucked up shoulder, you know, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's actually essentially a full body cast. <laughs> um, I mean, credit to him. He's a crazy, crazy man. Uh, I certainly wouldn't do it. And, and, you know, there's a level of, uh, survival instinct you need to have to be able to do that, even sure. if you're assisted by others, but yeah. it, it is definitely not the achievement it once was is what are the, is there money going on whether or not he takes a bump on the top of Mount Everest? <laughs> Because I, I would, would put money on that. Oh yeah, like that's a video that's going to be on his Instagram. You yeah, know, as soon as he he does the uh, does the climb. Um, of note, also here, Darby said hi to his buddy Stevo, who was he was one there. of three celebrities I noticed. Uh, uh, two well, who they who yeah, they made Ken strong. Jong. Yeah, Ken Jong and Stevo were like the two yeah. they, they really lingered on. And Rick Rubin was there. Yeah. Rick Rubin was there who they did not really linger on. No, no, but he, he, a very noticeable Rick Rubin. Yes. Noted pro wrestling fan, Rick Rubin. Yeah. Um, it was a fun trios match, but with like this big extended end, it felt like this was the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. There was not a lot of forward moment. And I understand given sting a moment there, but they could have done rolled a video package while that was happening to the crowd, you know, right. you didn't have to show all of it. Um, especially cause you still got four and a half hours of show to go. My guys. Yeah. And dude has like four months of career left. Right. Yeah. So, this is going to be in every state they hit. I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's going to be his last world's end is his last match in New York. And then yes. wherever, if they're doing monthly now, wherever they're going in January and mm-hmm. February and then March, it's going to be a lot. Um, then we had an angle as Tony Schiavone's on the stage with Bryce Remsburg. Bryce doing his best acting. Shout out, Bryce. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and then they bring out the guns and switchblade Jay White. Juice not there because he had a TV broken over his head the night before. Oh. <laughs> uh, Jay White storms out with the AEW title, yells he's a champion, he's losing his fucking mind. Tony tells him to settle the hell down. How do we feel about Tony as the guy who really gets to motherfuck the heels? How do we feel about that? Is there any other way to feel about it than great? Uh, you don't, you don't, you don't like it. I, I like it when he's on commentary, when he does it to a heels face and there's zero comeuppance, it feels like, I don't know. Why isn't switchblade Jay Wright, Jay white murdering the 60 year old man who's criticizing him to his face. He's Tony Schiavone. He's he's, he's the legend. Okay. Okay. Even, Fair. you know, even they were, even they respect that. So Tony Schiavone says, unfortunately, MJF is injured, will be unable to defend the title tonight. So the main event has been canceled, which means that Tony Schiavone is going to announce our new AEW world champion as Jay when Adam Cole's music hits. Yes. So Adam Cole takes about four and a half minutes to uh, make his way to that part of the stage. And, uh, he says, uh, you know, he talked to Tony Khan and now tonight's main event is going to be Jay White against Adam Cole with Adam yeah. Cole defending uh, Jay's Man like crutches in a boot. who just had surgery a month ago. Yes. On his foot. Uh, and Jay White said, look, I've taken you out before. And I loved this note. I'm pretty sure I was wearing the same pants then. J a one. Excellent yeah. line. Uh, and now we're having this match. So let's take this apart. Yeah, this whole convoluted storyline was a bit much for my liking. I get the idea that you want to do the big spirit of 76 comeback at the end of the show. Will MJF be able to do it? MJF shows up, you know, ambulance maybe gets pulled up to the stage. Right. Very Steve Austin in Attitude Era. Yes. That would have been fine. Take him out during the pre-show, have him come back in time for the main event. You yeah, could but, do this entire angle yeah. about, you know, Jay being rewarded the title and Cole standing there and being like, well, if he's not going to do it, I'll do it. And then MJF shows up at the end of the night. I mean, like you could have run this exact thing at the end of the night. But there's also, you know, a, a thread of the storyline that didn't get touched on is that. Instead of Adam Cole, who obviously MJF's best friend, but he's also in a boot and on crutches, yeah. wouldn't this be fit Samoa Joe to step up sure. and say, hey, I'm going to be the surrogate for Max here because yeah. I'm already guaranteed a shot of this. And then when we get our match, it will be for the title. Uh, yeah. And, and and that would make a lot of sense. And also this one I understand because he was pretty much murdered by Action Andretti on Friday night. Roddy strong rolling out and offering yeah. to take the match because yeah. he's, you know, he's Max's Adam Cole's friend. So he's going to do it for a friend of a friend. Even still, let us just dig a little deeper. MJF's leg is too fucked up to work. So the guy with a fucked up leg is going to work the match. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. Like he, we're supposed to believe that doctors cleared Adam Cole on crutches in a boot. Can't put any, uh, no weight bearing on, on, on the left leg, uh, to, to wrestle a match. Okay. Sure. Makes a ton of sense. Also, Jay White was about to be awarded the AEW world championship because MJF couldn't defend. How many interim champions have we had in AEW because the champion couldn't defend? 
Yeah, and I don't remember this stipulation ever being mentioned before. The stipulation that if this match doesn't happen, he wins the title. Yeah, that, that was that was new and that wonky. was brand new. Uh, yeah. So this was, as I was talking about earlier, hat on a hat. You're mm-hmm. doing too much. Simplify. Just yeah. like look at what the core is and do it. I don't care what Jimmy Jacobs and Sanjay Dutt think is great storytelling. If there's too much going on for you to explain in like an elevator pitch of the story, it's too much. Pro wrestling is simple. Two people, one's good, one's bad. Hopefully good guy wins. But if bad guy wins, hopefully good guy gets comeuppance. That's all it needs to be. (laughs) Uh, take a breath, buddy. You're going to exacerbate your migraine here. <laughs> yes, I did have to tap out of the show a bit early. I, I re went back and watched, you know, the, the end of the show. Uh, I had to tap out to having a migraine, but I made sure to watch undoubtedly the match of the night yeah. uh, before I signed off. Anyway, we then had Orange Cassidy against John Moxley for the AEW International title. They are respectively seconded by Hook and Wheeler Yuta. Yes. They have built for the last few weeks, Hook and Wheeler being up in each other's shit. They didn't have a match on the pay-per-view. No. And they didn't even like barely look at each other on the outside of the ring either. It like, was. Is Hook hurt? Do we, do we not know well, about just, injury there? Didn't he just have a match like last week? He had one on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Yuta worked the night before against Buddy Matthews awesome match Mm -hmm. so i presume he's okay it it just was weird that you had this this whole bit of storytelling that unless it's going to be on dynamite this week which they've announced nothing for yet well aside from the start of the continental classic but nothing specific but we don't even know uh beyond brian danielson being on the show what matches are, are going to be a part of it. Right. We only um, know four of the compet- com- uh, com- competitors. Yes. We only know four of them. One of whom was such a big announcement that Nigel forgot it when he recapped later on in the <laughs> I show. Know. I know. Like, we know three of the competitors <laughs> and, like, and both Taz and uh, Excalibur did not bother to correct him, no, which is not, not their MO. Yeah. Like, normally they just dive on that. Yeah. Um. Anyway. anyway. Good match. Very, very good match. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, some blood early on as uh, the, the cut on John Moxley's head got opened up by headbutts. Yeah, it did. Uh, OC was on fire in this match. Like mm-hmm. he, he really has become so legitimate in the eyes of the fans that uh, it, it, it's really pushing him over the top. But to my shock and surprise, OC retains yeah. the international title. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised too. I mean, I, you know, he's such a, a big star and much beloved, and always puts on bangers of a match that I don't necessarily hate it. But yeah, it certainly seemed like the the direction was John Moxley taking this title back, and I'm curious what excuse me what happens now is is this yeah. feud over definitively now or you know does, I mean they there... are one in one, so you could argue that a rubber match is needed, but right. When is it needed? I, I I don't think anytime soon. Yeah, they're um, not going to run matches back immediately after. Yeah, uh, we'll usually give some space. Exactly, and I will say they kept Moxley strong. It took six orange yeah. punches to take yeah. him out. Um, after the first three, he hulked up. Too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> this guy's a beast. Uh, 
I thought I, I didn't think it was as good as their match at all out. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. All out was kind of lightning in a bottle. I don't think it w- it'd be easy to recapture that, but it was sure. it was very good. It was very good. And, you know, continued a, a, a good run of matches on the show so far. Then we had the AEW Women's Championship match between Hikaru Shida. Oh, actually, before that, sorry. They announced Mark Briscoe was the third entrant in the Continental Classic. The one I yeah. just pulled a Nigel. I forgot about the Mark Briscoe <laughs> announcement. It was a fun uh, little video promo hyping him up, too. He's sounding a lot like Dusty these days in his promos. You mean in, in the content or the sound of his voice? Or both? Yes, both. <laughs> both. He's, it, it, the content, very much so, but the voice is definitely getting, as he gets older, it's getting more Dusty-esque. Yeah, well, you know, missing a couple teeth will will change the the timber of your voice too. Yeah, we'll give you that little dusted lisp, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, the AW Women's Title Match: Hikaru Shida defending against Timeless Tony Storm with her Butler Luther. Um, how do I put this? I thought the match <laughs> was fine. The match was was totally fine. Sure, yeah. The finish got fucked up. In its staging in yes. such a oh, dramatic way that it actively took away from the finish. Well, again, yeah, and it, by doing so, ruining the credibility of your referee. There was already a little bit of ruining of credibility in that match, too. So there was a, a bit earlier oh, on the in the match. Yeah, where uh, Tony was going to hit Sheeta with a shoe because mm-hmm. of course watch watch for the shoe and it was on a it was Just on like this uh this, this fancy uh platter. platter as carried by Luther. Um Aubrey gets in Tony's face, says you can't do that. Okay. No more than a few minutes later, Sheeta does a whole thing where she misses a dive off the top, grabs her ankle, so Tony starts attacking the foot, takes Sheeta's shoe off. And hits Sheeta with the shoe in front of the referee. Yeah. They're I don't, both know, I don't shoe. know why that's okay. Yeah. They're both <laughs> shoe. It, it, why? <laughs> why is this a thing? I, mean, um, I guess the, the, the one Tony brought to the ring was a little more pointy. I guess. Perhaps. Or, or you know, maybe there's an unspoken AEW rule that, you know, you can't use weapons in a standard match, but whatever someone's wearing can be used as a weapon. You know what? I think that's actually the case because I remember that happening at one point, Taz mentioning something like that. It was like, oh, it was a part of his gear, so it's his free game or something like that. Or uh, okay. uh, a dynamite um, match uh, months ago. So I think that actually may be a thing, which again is stupid. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, not, not a not a big fan. Uh, Sheeta and Luther have a hold to do outside with kendo stick shots, and uh, Tony Storm goes to the corner, takes this additional what looked like a, a little frying pan. I don't even know what it was supposed to be. It looked like a spoon rest that you put on the stove for oh, like yeah, stirring sauce. Uh, I, I don't know what it was specifically, but it looked not very um, uh, damaging. It looked like yeah. it was made of like cheap tin or something yeah. like, uh, or barely formed aluminum. So, so Tony takes that slides it in the back of her tights. Yeah. And, you could tell she was having trouble positioning it right. Yeah. I think it was probably supposed to be more hidden than it was. The, yeah. The way it ends up is like, you know, it's full on on her 
on, on her butt cheek. It's just hanging out there. Yeah, but the and, bottom. Yes. And uh, the finish was Sheeta is in the corner. Tony does her uh, uh, sweet cheek music, if you will. Uh, and uh, this this tray, the spoon rest, hits Sheeta in the face. Tony goes to pin. Yeah. Aubrey jumps in directly in front of her face. Yes. Is this tray, this rest, this foreign object? Yeah. One, two, three, Tony wins. Yeah. Tony's over. I'm not going to argue against that. Sure. No, the gimmick's great. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, although I will say, and, and this isn't a complaint, now that she doesn't wear knee pads or, or kick pads, her legs are massive, dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> I had no no idea until she did this gimmick change, like, just how big they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice yep. new snoo. That's pretty yeah. much where we're at. Uh, yeah. Smother me. It makes sense that Tony went one, uh, you know, she has been a workhorse for the division, but Tony's like the, the next big thing. Sure. Um, post-match Mariah may comes out to literally give Tony storm her flowers, flowers as yeah. we're now on to the all about Eve storyline. And, uh, yeah, we, we have a new women's champion. I, I I'm fine with Tony as champion. Um, I don't know who they're going to line up. I have a guess based off of uh, one of the matches later on in the show okay. where they might go next. Uh, but that finish really, really kind of fucked things up. Like, yeah, it was nothing was... else. Aubrey should have called an audible. Yeah. And like, oh, how'd you do this? Blah, 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 blah. And then they run the finish back. Like, right. Damn. It's, it's, it's not that, that hard. I feel like the critical in the moment thinking with mm-hmm. the referees a lot of time. And I don't know if it's them themselves or if it's Tony not relaying information to them uh, in a timely manner, uh, right. which I don't believe because that guy is running a hundred miles a minute. So I'm sure he's yelling a lot down the line, but, but yeah, it, it definitely could have been handled in a, in a smoother fashion than it was kind of, you know, deflated the ending a little bit. I think. Agreed. Renee Paquette's then backstage with Eddie Kingston, who's wearing a, a very nice AEW hoodie. Yeah. And uh, she congratulates him on his win during Zero Hour, asks what's next. Kingston says that she knows what's next, which is the Continental Classic. I will just say this. Why didn't Eddie Kingston say, I've already been through a G1. I can know I can do this. <laughs> right there. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to... I don't know, but I feel like they're trying to make, they're obviously making their own G1, but without right. referencing where, you know, they got the inspiration. So it's, it's a little yeah. odd. This is a thousand percent, by the way, uh, Tony realizing, oh shit, Danielson won't go to Japan for a month to do a G1. Yeah. We'll bring the G1 to him. And, you know, I don't hate it on paper, and I'm sure we'll get some really good matches out of it. What I don't love is what Tony or Eddie announced is that during um, all of his matches in the Continental Classic, uh, for all of his matches, he will be defending the New Japan Strong Championship, the Ring of Honor uh, World Championship in each Mm -hmm. of his matches. And then the winner of the Continental Classic will get a new fucking belt. Yes, they will get the Continental Championship, so there will be a triple crown, a la New Japan, or excuse me, All Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, three belts on this guy. And for a minute there, I was like, okay, so we're finally going to sort of take Ring of Honor out of the mix a little bit. I was mm-hmm. thinking, okay, 
you know, th- there's a way to segment this out. No, the person who wins this will literally, as explained by Tony during the press scrum, will literally be defending that triple crown in AEW, in Ring of Honor, and in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I, that's way too much, man. You're you're yeah. you're hat on a hat, like yeah. you said again. Yeah. It, it, I love the idea of a champion going into a tournament and saying, "I will defend my belt the whole time." It's a great trope. I, I have nothing against that, but it's I, I don't need another another title. No, we don't if need even any fewer titles. Yeah, you need to unify belts. Yes, that you have. You don't need to make a new one and take these other two from two other quote unquote companies. It's too much. Why does it have to be? Why can't it be like the G1 and just be a trophy with a title shot? Like, that's perfect. It works really well. It's worked for 20 years almost. (laughs) And then the other part of this, which is kind of weird to me, is so World's End on December 30th is when we are supposed to have the finals of the Continental Classic, Mm -hmm. which will, because of how it was explained, crown this Triple Crown champion. Right. Two weeks before his final battle. <laughs> Are we so, not having a Ring of Honor world title match? Are we having an AEW Continental Classic match, main event Ring of Honor? Like, I. Whoever is Ring of Honor champion at that time is facing whomever the number one contender. I don't, I yeah. don't know. I, I know they announced that uh, because Samoa Joe, uh, of course. Uh, vacated the, the TV title. Yeah, vacated the TV title. They announced this week that they're going to be doing at final battle a survival of the fittest match, uh, which is a six man match to mm-hmm. uh, determine the new Ring of Honor TV champ. Do you okay. know the history of survival of the fittest, Chris? I know it by name. I'm not a okay. uh, hundred on the lore. Well, it has a local connection. Okay. So uh, 2003 ish. We had a whole scenario where uh, MCW was going to be closing for the first time. Okay. And in doing so, Ring of Honor said, we will continue the tradition because they've been doing shows at the same venue as MCW at that time. We will continue the tradition of the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup. Mm -hmm. So that whole tournament was going to become a Ring of Honor thing. Okay. Smash cut to April of... uh, 2004 four yeah. yeah april 2004 rob feinstein of rf video who was one of the owners of ring of honor at the time gets busted on a uh not quite to catch a predator thing on the local news uh. so like tna pulled all the guys who were working ring of honor shows okay and mcw said uh, you can't use our license anymore and you're not going to have that tournament and they'd already booked in oh, June yeah. a tournament show. So they ended up having to give it a different name, which is Survival huh. of the Fittest. So, yeah, there's a there's a local connection to all of this. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, granted, I know this and I can't perform CPR because I don't know how to do that. So just push on the chest really hard to the uh, beat of staying alive. Hoochah, 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 lobster. Uh AEW tag titles. <laughs> Eddie Izzard reference. Oh, okay. uh, tag titles on the line in a ladder match. Four teams: Big Bill and Ricky Starks, FTR, Kings of the Black Throne, La Faction, and Gobernable. This became a ladder match the night before the match. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought the match would have been good. 
sand yeah. ladders. Yes. But, you know, adding the ladder element to it definitely made it uh, much more of a spectacle. Completely agreed. What um, what I'd heard a lot as a criticism in this match was it felt more stunt showy because guys were trying less to get the, the, la- uh, get sure. the titles up the ladder and more wanting to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. I don't know if anyone remembers what the whole angle was leading up to this. But all four teams wanted to beat the shit out of each other. So that made yeah. perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and they they did. They very much did. Uh, Drillistico may be dead. I, I have not <laughs> I have not heard uh, anything since. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as he took the Gonzo bomb from Brody King onto a ladder bridge. Yeah, off the apron. That's absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, because they did not break the ladder in that moment. There was also a spot where, uh, Ka- uh, yeah, it was Cash. Cash, Cash Wheeler yeah. went up to do a dive and almost completely ate shit in yeah. front of the live crowd. A- FTR Pistol Whip almost lost his uh, uh, balance <laughs> on the top rope going for a big splash on Brody. Axe the so. axe and Cash the gun. I understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Roosh came off like one of the biggest stars in the company in that match, as did yeah. Ricky Starks, which yes. was great to see. Um, we had the return of the meat chance as it was Brody King and Big, Big Bill, Bill squaring off something they teased right the, from the beginning of the match. And I mm-hmm. loved that. You had, mm-hmm. you know, other three duos beating the shit out of each other. They're both just standing in opposite corners, staring each other. I down. love that. I it love was, that. it was full on. I mean, they weren't, it wasn't a little guy. Yeah, uh, but it was full on Simpsons. Simpsons yeah, Yakuza. the little guy's about to do something awesome. I Yakuza don't know what he's going to do, but it could yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they did end up squaring off against each other. It was awesome as they beat the piss out of each other. I don't know when exactly there was this shift in fandom up to and including us where it was like, oh, the big guys, they're just you know useless. They're big sexist shit. And now it's like, I want to see them run into each other a lot. Big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah. We can thank Big E for this, yeah. I guess. Uh, also, Malachi Black had some really innovative uh, oh, yeah. ladder use. Like, he, I don't remember, was, I think it was FTR Pistol Whip. Um, Malachi was standing, uh, you know, leaning on the ropes, and there was a ladder on the ropes, and in comes uh, Cash. Uh, cash the ass and then he just whips the rope back to whip the ladder into yes. cash's face and it was fucking awesome yeah uh, very very cool spots i i was very much hoping that we were going to see uh kings of the black throne win the tag belts it felt yeah. like there was going to be a tag title change whether it was them or rush and drillistico it felt like there was going to be a title change but instead starks and big bill they randomly thrown together duo who randomly became tag champions because <laughs> someone in FTR can't keep their mouth shut. Uh, continue on as champions. I'm I mean, not opposed I to it. it. Yeah, yeah, no, they're 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 a lot of fun. Anytime, you know, seeing Ricky Gold, Ricky, yeah, Ricky Gold, Ricky Starks with any kind of gold is good. So yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not angry, but uh, you know, I'm sure. Uh, you know, to bring back the Fink here, that yeah. this is not the end of this, uh, this situation with these four teams. Continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we uh, had the TBS title match and you knew there was a title change oh. from minute fucking one. E- e- well, yeah, but I, I got to circle back real quick because oh, I saw this. I saw this on Twitter when LFI made their entrance. I guess it was Roosh's son had uh-huh. the, the bull mask on. Yes. And I saw a tweet that somebody called him negative one. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I just had to share that because it caught me really fucking hard. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's good At stuff. At first, I thought it was negative one because I know him and Preston Vance are, are super close. Yeah. Um, but then the mask came off and it was clearly uh, a child of Mexican descent. Yes. Um, so negative one just, mm-hmm. just popped me to, to no end. Very but good. Very back good. To, back to the, uh, the, the shithead Julia Hart. <laughs> So Julia Hart's coming to the ring, mm-hmm. big time entrance, new gear, whole nine. And I think it was Excalibur who pointed out that everyone in uh, the House of Black, House of Black, House uh, Black. had lost. Yeah, buddy. And then the the, the tag team match prior. Yeah. And it was at that, that moment I went, oh, fuck, she's winning the belt. Yeah. I had a feeling she was going to just the way the storyline had been going. I was trying not to will it into existence, but here we fucking are. Yeah. So Julia comes out uh, she's got this black and red gear going on. Then sky blue comes out with brand new thrash metal rap metal. It was, it was very early aughts. Uh, I, entrance I music. Oh, I, I, it was right in your wheelhouse. Oh, I know yeah. Well, yeah, everything, everything about that presentation is right in my wheelhouse. My guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then sky blue, who was wearing her trademark baseball cap, takes it off, stomps it down, yells, no mom, I won't do any more chores and puts on, a weird crown and plays Limp Bizkit in the back. Yes. <laughs> Just kept rolling, rolling, rolling to the ring. And then Chris Statlander comes out in <laughs> fucking Globo gym from dodgeball gear. I mean, look, I like and get the reference, but yeah, this she is, even did the boom, boom. She did. Boom, boom, like, but it, the movie's 20 years old for yes. one and two. Yes. This is almost, almost as cringy as Adam Cole's Halo cosplay. Yes. Uh, not quite that bad, because yeah. that was just horrific. Yeah. But this was like, okay. You know, yeah, I, a little I, bit much. Also, you're the face. Yeah, I Shouldn't know. Shouldn't you have been an average Joe? Like, isn't isn't that the direction? Mm-hmm. I guess she maybe she really thought she was going to make. Stiller. Yeah, I guess she thought she was going to make the, the Ben Stiller moment happen again, which means World's End when she shows up as Simple Jack. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The, or or uh, she'll be uh, in, in nurse scrubs and try and milk somebody. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Or as a uh, museum curator or a janitor or a security guard. Yeah, you know, she's uh, he's, she, he's she's got options. Is all I'm saying. A lot of options. Yeah, um, she just comes out for, with uh, what's her neck from Hey Dude. You know, like that. She just needs a. <laughs> Wait, she's like Hey Dude. Yeah, yeah. Chris, uh, was it Christine something? Um, yeah, she was yeah, the one from Dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah. not know she was in Hey Dude. Yeah, that just blew my mind. You're wow. Welcome. Okay. Uh, I thought the match was very good. I did not pay attention to it. Full yes. disclosure. I, I, because I know you're, you're very, very mad at Julia Hart. Julia Hart was really good in this. Sure. Julia Hart, like <laughs> did her thing. Uh, she did that really awesome cheerleader moonsault that she does. Um, she, when she locked on the heartless submission, it looked absolutely beastly. And, uh, stat, was the one who really got the finish as she hit the Saturday night fever on sky blue, but then heart breaks up the count, takes the three and becomes new TBS champion. She stole it. She stole it. And is now your champion. I I think Chris is bouncing up to the proper women's division. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, That makes sense. 
Yeah. Cause she's kind of done everything she can with that circle of five, five women, or something like yeah. that. Now a quick ask, Chris, uh, uh-huh. I read an interview with Statlander uh, the other day and she said that the person she was getting advice from and aping the, the plans of as TBS champion, Orange Cassidy. She was trying to do what Orange Cassidy did for the international title. She was trying to do it with the TBS title. How successful would you say that was in retrospect? I don't remember the last time I saw her defend the title. Uh, <laughs> been a lot on Collision and Rampage, so which I know you don't always watch. So. I don't. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like I saw Jade Cargill defend the title more. Yeah. Uh, it went on yeah. a lot longer and mm-hmm. definitely tr- the uh, tread was bare by the end of the run. Um, I I don't think she was as successful as she would have liked because it felt like she was when I at least for what I saw. And again, I don't watch every episode of Collision and barely any Rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like she was the champion, the third, the tertiary uh, part of this whole feud. Because uh, it mostly seemed between Sky Blue and um, Julia Hart with a little bit of Willow in there. And right. Chris was just standing there with the belt. like Literally just standing there at times. I know. So, yeah, I, I would I would say uh, not as accomplished as, as I'm sure she would have liked. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think having her in the mix of, you know, Tony and Sheeta and Nyla. And I don't know where Britt Baker's been, uh, which – Tweeting a lot. Oh yeah. Tweeting a hell of a lot last night. Um, yeah, just kind of weird in retrospect, like how little impact that had, but she did defend it against a lot of different people. So, you know, in, in that way, mission accomplished. Yeah, I guess. Tony Schiavone in ring. He's got, you know, the, uh, the contract in hand. We are getting the AW blockbuster announcement of the signing of, Will Ospreay, Will yeah. Ospreay signing a multi-year deal with AEW. More crucially, even before his New Japan contract is up. Yeah, that's definitely the uh, the interesting point here. Uh, and Tony clarified at the press mm-hmm. conference that he had contacted Ring or um, New Japan and asked if it mm-hmm. was okay if he talked with Will about it. Yeah, uh, and then you know tried to be all chummy chummy and say it'd be great if we kept him in the family. Yes. Um, so, uh, I mean, it was what I assumed the signing would be. I'm I'm happy that he'll be. Uh, frequented on AEW a lot more There's a lot of matches that I would like to see. And I'm, um, I'm already putting my, my parlay bet down for Will Ospreay to win the title at, uh, at, at Wembley next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no sooner did Will Ospreay's music hit than this was heard throughout Connecticut. Uh, this show ain't no good. As <laughs> Triple H undoubtedly shot his television right then. And then. Uh, you think he was watching? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if not, he was definitely looking on Twitter to see who it was and probably immediately threw something at the wall. <laughs> I wonder what the uh, the watch party situation for, for Triple H is for an AEW pay-per-view. I mean, he, he and Steph are Steph, uh, separated, right? That's the, that's the rumor. 
but the rumor. Okay. Yeah. Not, not yet. I, I've not by seen anything party. confirmed. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious if he's like, you know, if, if him and Sean uh, are just like, you know, uh, eating some fucking pork rinds, hanging out, you know, like, like, like normal people would do for a pay per view, yeah. or if he's in Sean's entirely camouflage living room. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's like in the background at the office of uh, Titan Tower 2.0, yeah, um, you know, just is he sitting know. in a boardroom by himself? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Crying a, a protein, excuse me, a protein shaker. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm uh, curious. I'll, I'll tweet, I'll tweet like, him. I'll let you know what he yeah, responds. Yeah. Let me know what Paul says. Yeah, uh, not so, so tall, Paul. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, well, you know, what? we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, Osprey comes out. Clearly not familiar with Los Angeles's climate as he's wearing <laughs> a full on Arctic parka. Yeah. Uh, maybe he was, he's going to uh, Darby borrow it for Everest. <laughs> maybe, maybe um, full body for him. What I thought was interesting, like the crowd was excited, but it felt like the entire room went, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like was- you know, uh, if it were say a Mercedes Monet or, it's a lot of people started to wonder, was it going to be one of the WWE cast-offs? Uh-huh. Um, Dolph Ziggler being thrown out a lot. Um, I don't think he would have qualified for Tony's uh, description of the signing, but. Uh, anyway, you slice it. Osprey came out. He then cut a promo, said, bruv, I believe no less than 13 times, which I'm fine. The, uh, That's, the, yeah. The bruv shirt undoubtedly will be on shop AEW sometime this week. <laughs> and what he said was, I'm signed. I'm full time. But first, I'm not coming in yet. Right. It's going to be the road revolution for me. I need to finish up with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I started there when I was 22 years old. I've been there for eight years. They've given me this career. I want to do things right. And then... I'm going against everybody, especially at Wembley. Yeah. So the, the hard sell for Wembley is begun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would not be surprised if the title match at Wembley is whoever the champion is against Will Ospreay. Yeah. that That feels like the bargaining chip. Like announced it this, this far in advance or just like, cause I feel like it's going to be that regardless. Yeah. I, I don't know like, that you would announce it that early, but I feel like that was the bargaining chip. Tony's like, I can make you a world champion in front of a packed Wembley stadium. Million percent. Yeah. Yeah. I already got my money down. Yeah. And also he did have sort of the advantage of being able to negotiate early. Yeah, um, that's true. All understand all understandings I've seen online is this is a multi-million dollar deal for will osprey as it should be i mean the guy's super talented i mean you know his personal things notwithstanding yeah uh, he he does seem like he's grown up a little bit so i'll I'll, I'll give him that um i will say if i'm piecing together what he said in promos correctly his friend died and now he's with his friend's girlfriend or wife and raising the kid yeah, hmm. that's that's a little weird because now Will Ospreay is literally not just the stepdad. He's the dad who stepped up. That's right. Which, you know. Good for him. Good for him. Um, Matured, bro. The, <laughs> the money's going to be huge. Yeah. The matches are going to be awesome. Yes. Uh, he threw out some pairings during the uh, press scrum that I didn't expect. He wants okay. to go against Miro very badly. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Like that, that, that to me is traditional AEW booking of – you know, I never thought about that, but I yeah. want that immediately. Now. There's so many people there. It's hard to, oh, yeah. you know, but yeah, I will Penta. 
I mean, yeah, obviously. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Phoenix, too. I, I feel like they'd done uh, Phoenix and, and Osprey had uh, collided in the past. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was in PWG, mm. uh, which was actually a nice little moment after the signing was announced. Osprey's, you know, doing the baby face, you know, slap the hands of everybody. And he took a moment and he pointed at Excalibur and said something. I don't oh. know what he said, but if I have the if I remember the timeline correctly, PWG brought in, I think it was him, Zach, and Marty Skrull for a Battle of Los Angeles. Uh It was the first time those guys had been seen in the U.S. Okay. So you can directly trace it back. back. So I I imagine that might have been just a a quick moment of thanks. Yeah. Uh, Which, God, who would have thought? (laughs) <laughs> that fucking super dragon and Excalibur would be two of the most influential people in professional wrestling. Kind of crazy. Yeah. I also think I saw out of the scrum that he's going to still be based in the UK. So yes. uh, yeah. that's a lot of transatlantic flights, my guy. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, one of the appeals for UK wrestlers when it comes to AEW is they will pay for you to have nonstop flights back home. So, okay. But that's still like, you know, eight eight hour plus flights. uh, It it is a lot of flying. It's a lot of stuff to do, but you know, when the option is, okay, I can get paid millions of dollars and be on a death march of a schedule, or I could be paid millions of dollars and go home to what sounds like my partner and kid. Yeah. I I can see why I do it. Sure. No, I get it. Uh, speaking of which, where the fuck is Pac? Is he injured again? He he got hurt sometime between Blood and Guts and the Ring of Honor title match that he had that same week. Okay. Um, so he's been out since then. I, I feel like people saw him at Wembley, um, but I don't know what his timetable is. Like gotcha. him, Jamie Hayter, she needs to be back in the mix pretty desperately. Yes. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some folks on the shelf where it's like, okay, when can we? Oh, you know what? If they announce pack for this uh, Continental Classic, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Then we had the match of the night. Chew, boy. Hands down. Uh, This match is going to be talked about for years to come. This match is going to be on best of the year lists. Uh This match is going to be in highlight reels of AEW's history. Articles will be written. Books. Yes. Yeah, the, the, this will be when when Swerve or Hangman or both write the book on their career. This is yeah. the section that people are going to want to know about. Yeah, this is the chapter. Yes, they dedicate a whole chapter to this match yes. or a feud at least. Texas Death Match. Swerve comes out, big time intro. Prince Nana's got the dancing Nana's with him, which the, non- the Nanettes. Yes, the Nanettes. Yeah, uh, which so much fun. Love that as the entrance. Swerves in the ring, waiting for his moment, and no sooner does he get in the ring than Hangman Page rushes down to the ring and starts beating the piss out of Swerve Strickland. That's what you want. Thank you so much. Yeah. The number of times was, oh, it's a Texas death match. Let's do a headlock. Fuck that shit. No, though this was I mean, it's legitimately a blood feud, and Lord and, knows oh my buckets God. were bled. There was a point early on when Swerve was caked yeah. with his own blood, where I was a little worried. Do you remember the the uh Eddie Guerrero JBL match uh-huh. where Eddie went into shock yeah. because he bled so much? I was a little worried that's where we were going. 
With swerve. Yeah. And then there was about that uh, later time where he like poured water over his face and it looked like he was like just hemorrhaging. Yes. Uh, yeah. Until we realized it was water. Crowd, like lose their mind at that moment. Yeah. Uh, barbed wire. Yes. Cables. Yes. A, ba- a bag of glass. Dan Aykroyd would have loved that. A bag of glass. Uh, <laughs> a bag of glass, which. Okay. So Hangman was uh, getting beaten up, yes, um, significantly. He was yeah. lying uh, on his on his tummy in the ring, mm-hmm. and Swerve goes out and pulls out a bag. Everybody thinks tax. No, no, this is a sadistic Swerve. So it's yeah. broken glass. Yeah, uh, he puts it, lays, uh, empties the bag on Hangman's back, and then in one of the stupider things I've seen, uh, in because he had already done his stomp. There's yes. a 450 on the broken glass on another guy's back. Why wouldn't you just fucking stop again, bro? Fair point. Fair point. But we had seen earlier in the match, how soon I forget this this bit in talking about weapons, the use of a staple gun Yes, by Hangman. He he ended up uh, taping up the hands of Swerve Strickland with duct tape and then Very pulled easily, out. by the way. Yeah. Uh, pulled out a staple gun, uh-huh. stapling Swerve multiple times on his head. Mm-hmm. chest and arms yeah yeah to the Cheek, point chest, where, arms yeah yeah to the point where like you know 20 minutes into the match you could see they were still there yeah especially in the chest yeah they were uh, v- yeah. very visible there I-, I loved the fact of hangman stapling his kids artwork yes. to swerve's face that was mwah, absolute chef's kiss and the spot that will be talked about for years to come shortly after that uh, stapling of the artwork swerve is on the ground head hanging over blood leaking yeah hangman slides underneath and opens his mouth to drink the fucking blood he did he did spit it out he did to be fair but it's still fucking disgusting yes Uh, Very unsanitary. One of the scariest spots of the night. Of which there were a few. There there were a few uh, because, you know, you had pile drivers on uh, their their new barricades. They now have Uh video barricades. So there's a little bit more room. Um, You had, you know, of course, things through tables. You had a a Death Valley driver onto a cinder block. Well, Uh cinder Cinder block. block. Uh, There was a moment where. With the barbed wire chair, Hangman and Swerver fighting. Hangman was uh, at the turnbuckle, chest facing turnbuckle. Yes. Swerve goes to hit him with the the uh, barbed wire, wire chair. chair. And what you saw in real time was Hangman's hair got caught in it, which that's got to suck. When they did the slow mo replay later, a strand of the barbed wire. Bounces out and smacks Hangman right in the face, like right next to his eye. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was very, oh. very dangerous. And there was another time where it got wrapped around, I think, unintentionally Swerve's face around the mouth area. And I was like, yeah. ah, fucking hell. Yes. Like, do you want to know how I got these scars? Yes. It was a Texas death match at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. <laughs> Great match. Then, hat on a hat. 
Brian Cage. Brian Cage comes out. <laughs> I have nothing against Brian Cage. Brian Cage was one of the best parts of the Like a Dragon Street fight. For which sure. We'll talk about when we get to the next match. Uh, I'm fine with Brian Cage. He came out and did like a ton of spots. He did a buckle bomb and an F5 and, and all that. Yes. Cage ended up beating barbed wire, getting taken out very quickly. Yeah. Why was that even in there? Well, not only that, why did, why, why then? Why yeah. not when all these other atrocious shit that was happening this swerve earlier in the match, did he not come out? Like, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. A lot, a lot didn't make sense last night. And then on the apron, he's pretty, no, no. Hangman goes out, grabs Nana, uh-huh. Nana trying to, you know, uh, make Dances things his way okay. out of it. Dances he's to, his way out. He does he's trying to uh, Ronin the Accuser slash uh, Star-Lord this shit. Yes. And we get a dead eye on Prince Nana off the apron through a table. I know. I can't believe that guy took that bump. That's fucking nuts. I know Nana was a wrestler. I know well, he sure. knows how to bump, but. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Was, like the table exploded. <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh man. And then uh that allowed uh Shane Strickland to take the cinder block, shatter mm. it across the neck of Hangman Adam Page, and then and then he finished mirroring the Texas death match between Hangman Page and John Moxley. Yeah. Swerve takes a chain and hangs the hangman. Yep. Unbelievable. Now, my, I, what I hate about these matches is the count. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. just, it, you lose the urgency of the big move or big Fair. whatever. Yeah. Last just, man standing, Texas death match. Anytime it's, there's a thing, then a 10 count. Yeah. I, I just, it, I, I, I really wish they would get rid of that and just have it be knockout or submission or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it, I just, it's a bummer to me because like, okay, yeah, yeah it, he, it, he it hangs is. him and then we got to wait 10 seconds. Like, it's just, yeah. it, it, it's not as climactic as I feel like they think it is. Fair. Um, I will say personally of the two, I preferred last month's match at Wrestle Dream. Yeah. Personally, because it was, you know, two of them, you had the, the Seattle crowd that really wanted Swerve to win. So Hangman had to work heel, which made an interesting dynamic. Right. Um, yes, there was interference in the finish, but I, I enjoyed that much match more. Like that's more in my wheelhouse. This match is going to be talked about for a very long time. Yeah. Like I mean, the, Swerve the level of brutality. Swerve did this in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Had, hell of a war match. Yeah, an incredibly violent match. That is one of the highlights that people still talk about. Yeah. It's why it's why Swerve Strickland is quote unquote John Moxley's favorite luchador. Yeah, exactly. Swerve is ready. He well, to be fair, he's been ready a while. He's been but ready, but he this has cemented it. He has made, he has beaten a AEW world champion twice. Mm-hmm. Consecutively. The, there was a moment. When uh, after the the staple gun spots, Swerve was sort of regaining the the momentum in the match, and he takes the staple gun and started stapling his own chest. Yeah, while maniacally laughing. Man- yeah, maniacally, yeah. maniacally Man- laughing. Maniacally. 
he felt like the biggest supervillain in pro wrestling history. Yeah. Like that, he give him a belt. Like put just I I don't know where, I don't know how. Like okay, yeah, another guy wants MJF now. Make him world champion. He's he's ready. He goes above and beyond and the crowd is fascinated with him. Well, yeah, cuz he's fucking great. I mean, he's yeah. he's adaptive to any type of match. Uh, yes. Like you said, he's a deathmatch king now, and uh, just a regular match. His actual wrestling is fantastic and unique, yes. and and has these weird transitions that are just the uh, grab your attention. Yeah, no, the guy is the total package. Sorry, Lex. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Again, this will probably be the one that gets more like match the year votes and all that stuff later. I preferred the first just because it's more in my style of pro wrestling. Yeah, but no, I get you. The, Mine the, too. The spectacle of this unmatched, especially yeah. for a nationally televised pro wrestling company. Which is crazy because they've done some really crazy matches in AEW. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the the stadium stampede at Wembley was wild. Mm-hmm. You know, you had uh, the tape and broken glass uh, fists yeah. sort of situation. I think back to the first lights out match that at the first full gear that we were at with yeah. uh, with Mox and Omega that I didn't really care for. But I feel as more brutal as this was, it was better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I enjoyed it more. Yeah, um, you know the exploding barbed wire death match, which we all know how that panned out, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but even to this day, I will sit here and say the match was fine. It was the post match that got fucked. No, no, hundred percent. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. The the match up until the finish was still very good and violent, but not yeah. nowhere near as violent as this. Yeah, uh, and then it was Paige has had death matches with uh, uh, Moxley and yeah. Lance Archer. Yeah, right. Yeah, it yeah. was Archer. Yeah, uh, or was that Archer and Moxley? Was, uh, well, all hanging. three of them have had death matches with each other. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but like, what was the one? It was, it was hangman, uh, wore like the, or there was like a crown of thorn, like the barbed wire crown on good Friday or oh, something oh, like that, that. That was against Adam Cole. That was Cole. That was Cole. Cause oh, they were was right. That was the post revolution 22 feud, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that was great too. Yeah. Uh, hangman page. I don't know that he will be recognized as such in the moment, but from where I'm sitting, he is becoming one of the most important and definitive wrestlers in AEW. Yeah. There's a multitude of reasons in the first world title match. He was the guy who the elite wanted to make. Yeah. Ended up being world champion himself ended up having like the greatest match ever right before COVID with uh-huh. him and Kenny Omega against the young bucks for the tag belts. There's so much about him that I feel like is not being appreciated in its time. Yeah. And, and I just want to take a moment to point out that there was a lot of criticism about how this angle went after the house invasion, the house invasion was hat on hat unnecessary. Sure. Like, you know what? I'm going to just say this, that same feeling, that same weirdness could have been achieved by just him being outside of the house. True. Just be like, I know where you live. Yeah. Not, he doesn't need to go in there. It's, yeah. it, it's gotta be the threat. It's gotta be the worry, but that we didn't hear from Hangman, And then, you know, all that this week, they course corrected like crazy. They had a big brawl on dynamite. They had the angle at the revolver show. And yeah. this, 
promo on Dynamite that was yeah. fucking fire and with no contact. Yeah. Uh, it was the week before where he. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. Dumped uh, Swerve off the off the stage, off the stage. Yeah. yeah. But the promo that he cut on on Nana, and then he beat up Nana because yeah. he and Swerve couldn't touch. Uh, if they did, the match got canceled, and they yeah. were suspended the rest of the year. So that was see, that's a clever way yes. to do that. Yes. Um. Th- this. Yeah, this match was incredible, and yeah. this is where in watching live, I tapped out and. When I then watched back the following two matches, it struck me that the crowd was pretty tapped out at that point, too. Yeah. Even for uh, homeboy, hometown homeboys, the uh, the Young Bucks. So let's get into this cluster. Yeah, okay. So it was the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks. Before that, let's talk about how there was a big match featuring the Golden Jets on Wednesday. Oh, was yes. The Like a Dragon Gaiden Street Fight sponsored mm-hmm. by Sega. Sega. That match, I was dreading so much. Check the <laughs> tape. Yeah. <clears throat> they blew away all my expectations. And more crucially, they used a completely immobile Paul White in the best possible way. Yeah, you you, you power slam him onto a, a car hood and windshield, yeah. and then yes. you take him out of the match. Boom, done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before that comes out wearing a suit, looking all reservoir dogsy. Uh, yeah, I will the say only, the only one wearing a suit. Well, it was him and Jericho were. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he I was. was a little bummed because they had that shot of uh, Jericho, Omega, Abushi, and Paul White walking like, into the walking yeah. in. They were all wearing suits. Yeah, and I don't know how much you know about the game franchise. It's about very little, none, uh, zero. It, it's a uh, it, negative. It was called Yakuza. Um, uh-huh. It's now called Like a Dragon because that's the name they're going with now. Sure. It's about really a lot of guys in suits beating the shit out of each other. So they uh-huh. come out and like whatever uh cryon they had at the bottom, it was like in the same font where they like tell you the next guy you're fighting and all that. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, they're gonna all come out in these suits and look awesome as hell. Then of course Jericho comes out, he's in a suit. I'm like, ah oh, fuck. Okay. Okay. Omega, Abushi, not wearing the suits. Yeah. Just dressed normal, normal gear. And then Paul was back in suit, but he looked awesome in a suit. He threw his fucking four quarters, legit punches. Yeah. He murdered Kyle Fletcher on live television. He did. I'm surprised his fucking head didn't start uh, leaking afterwards on that. Choke slam off the stage through two tables and he might've hit a quarter of one of them. Yeah. With his head. Yeah. And then like you said, uh, powerhouse Hobbs fucking power slamming him onto a car, which is perfect. That's the perfect, um, thing for Hobbs to do to make him look like more of a beast that he already is. And then it takes a tall Paul out of the match. Yeah. yeah. Done and done. Boom. You got a Bushi on a bicycle yes. running around, lightly hitting people with, uh, with pipes. Um, and then fucking, um, was it Takeshita who, who, uh, uh, clotheslined him off the, uh, yes. bicycle off the bike and rough, uh, rough, rough landing there. Yeah. And, uh, Brian cage doing the suplex from in the ring, outside of the ring to the floor. Beautiful spots. Two tables, like gorgeously hit. Yeah. Um, it was, it was wild. It was ridiculous. Yeah. There was uh Tony Schiavone with a great line. He's wielding a bicycle. Yes. Uh, yes. and then a body slam onto a bicycle, which 
fucking sounds painful as yeah, shit. Uh, no good. Uh, I did enjoy someone pointed this out that uh, there is a point where Ibushi on the outside grabs like, you know, one of the street signs or something uh-huh. and he's smacking his own head with it. Uh-huh. And it's at the same time, Kenny Omega's in the ring being beat down by two guys at once. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty that, that's indicative Kota of Kota Ibushi. Ibushi. Right there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, also, Kyle Fletcher got murdered again. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He did the murdering. Yes. Um, it, who was it? Was It, it was Ibushi, because only yeah. Ibushi would take that stupid bump. Yeah. Uh, it was a tombstone pile driver uh, off the apron into a street sign over a bunch of chairs. Yes. Yes. Which... What the fuck are you doing, man? That was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. So that was on the weekly show. <laughs> that was on Wednesday. Uh, apparently the reason is, and this makes sense in retrospect, Sega paid north of six figures to sponsor the match. Hell yeah. And their thought process was, can it be on the television show that people will be more easily able to watch? Yeah. As opposed to on a pay-per-view. So I get it. So then we had this kind of hastily thrown together golden jets. Hate it. Young bucks match. Yeah. Kenny Omega has had two of the greatest matches. The young bucks have ever had Kenny Omega and Abushi against the young bucks back in new Japan. Uh-huh. Kenny Omega and hangman, as we were just talking about against the young bucks revolution 20. Yeah. Revolution 20. This was not one of those matches. No, it was not. It wasn't bad. I'm very glad I watched it the next day. Yeah, I was already starting to get tired. We, you know, half the people were leaving at the party I was at. So we were like kind of packing up food yeah. <laughs> and stuff as uh, this match was happening. Because yeah. uh, I was just like, I don't really care about this. I, you know. I don't love the elite. They just got back together. Now they're doing all this infuting again. And hangman's just doing his own murderous rampage sort of thing. Um, You know, young bucks, young bucks essentially worked full on heel for Mm -hmm. most of the match Um, in their hometown, in their hometown. Um, And then the, you know, they, they kind of played with the idea of a mega siding with the bucks over Jericho. And then, you know, it wasn't the case and he V triggered Nick Jackson into the, you know, phantom realm or whatever into the negative zone. I don't know. Um, Uh, uh, Nick Jackson actually did a one wing angel. He did. Yeah. Which Kenny kicked out at two and not the one, uh, a la Osprey there. So he's the only one allowed to kick out of his own move still. Uh, so, (laughs) and I don't hate that at all. Uh, Nobody hits it like him. So it makes, it makes sense. And the moment that someone does, you know, not get defeated with a one wing angel and a Kenny Omega big time match, like they're made. Yeah, sure. It's going to be a thing. Um, it was more about the post-match because yeah. uh, this was another tantrum from the Young Bucks. They lost, so they don't have their AEW Tag Team title match. It's going to be Jericho and Omega against Starks and Big Bill. They did a little angle at the the press conference between uh, okay. Jericho and, and Starks and Big Bill. Uh, Kenny Omega apparently rushed home. I relate so much to this dude now. He rushed home because his cat's sick. Oh. So he, he, went, he went home early so he could take care of his pet. That's my um, guy. Yeah. I think Omega in the ring with Starks and Big Bill is interesting to me. Yeah. 
Fucking Jericho's there. <laughs> Fucking Jericho. I did not want to see this tag team continue. And here we are, them getting a title shot and knowing fucking Jericho being in Tony's ear and Kenny being an EVP. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, I'm a little worried now. I don't really yeah. need this fucking team to win the gold. Um, I, I don't, and I don't know. Do the Bucks join the Callus family? I have no point? idea. I, I don't I know mean, where this goes. I, I legitimately don't know where this goes. Not anywhere I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And that's not typical for uh, uh, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Elite Angle. You, like, you know where the promised land is going to be. Right. Yeah. I have <laughs> no idea what's going on here. And, and it's very weird that, like, these are three of your biggest stars mm-hmm. in one match and it was it was just kind of there and I, I think a lot of it has to do with you know how much people were invested in it yeah and i i do think i mean we've said it enough here on the show jericho's more a hindrance than a help at this point yep and and, and, and then slow his roll a little bit then we had our main event adam cole Versus Jay White for the AEW world title. Oh boy. Adam Cole comes out on crutches. Nigel McGuinness breaks Taz by saying this should be a last man standing match. (laughs) I pop hard for that too. We're about to have the bell rung and the ambulance arrives. Yeah. So MJF does his spirit of 76. He comes out and uh, he has his hamstring taped up. (laughs) Mm hmm. Had his knee and ankle attack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, security and officials try to stop him. Yes. Okay. 30 fucking people are stopping the guy with the bad leg, but they're going to let the guy with the bad leg work. Yes. So fucking stupid. Um, it makes no sense logically. Uh, and even before we got to the ambulance spot. So I was like trying to math out in my head how they could work this fucking angle. Like I expected he, him. MJ have to come back in the ambo, but I was like, okay. So the the apparent ruling is uh, if Jay White doesn't get this match, then he wins the title. It becomes yeah. the champion at full gear. I was like, okay. So if if Adam Cole is the surrogate for MJF in this match, the bell rings, the match begins. If he smacks M, uh, Jay White with the crutch, that's a disqualification. Title doesn't change hands. And right. then there's a big post-match angle that lasts 40 minutes. I don't know. I didn't. I was trying to make some kind yeah. of sense as to how they were going to work this out if MJF wasn't going to come back in the ambo. But yeah. clearly that happened. So there's a whole to do when it starts, the guns beat down MJF, Bryce tosses them out. And then Jay White and MJF have a very good match. It was a very good match, but it was, it didn't make sense in a lot of ways. Uh, injury wise. So, yep. you know, they didn't first, the injury was non-disclosed. So we didn't know what exactly was going. We, I, we obviously we had an idea yeah. of the body part that was being affected. Yeah. Um, and MJF did a good job of selling throughout. Um, but a full strength Jay white. Yeah. Should have done a lot more to a banged up MJF. I, I feel like this match kind of chumped out Jay white. I, I don't disagree, and, and that's a fucking shame because he has very much stepped up through this angle. And, yeah. and if I, you know, am to believe where the ratings have been and all of that, like, Bullet Club Gold is over. Yeah. 
I I honestly would have been fine if he ended up champion. I would have been fine with it. Like, and a couple, I, I kind of bit a couple times, like the uh, what the the uh, Avalanche Uranagi, which was you know maybe a little over rotated. He landed on the shoulder, but still was brutal as fuck. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a couple times where I was like, oh shit, they're gonna strap up Jay White, uh, yeah. and I was excited. Um, but nope, not the case. Uh, you know, and then it, this is the the the. HBK sinking into Adam Cole, sinking into MJF yes. Yes. Uh, through line of overdramatic bullshit. Yes. You know, Adam on the outside. No, he's going to hit uh, Jay White with the title. But no, Jay White takes it and hits MJF with the title 0-2 count. Okay. And then Adam Cole with the Dynamite Diamond Ring. He's going to give it to Max. But nope, Jay White gets it. And you, know, it's like, you run the same thing back a couple times in the match. Um, it, it was overbooked and overdramatic and yeah. it, it just, I, I don't, I, you know, the Wembley was kind of the same way, yeah. um, but it was between the two of them. So, and it was at least they were on even ground physically, right? but yeah, this was not a lot of this main event made sense logically. Right. Let me ask you this, Chris. Okay. Here's the analogy I'm going to go with for all this. How sure. do you like your cheesesteak, Chris? I like my cheesesteak uh, with onions, no peppers, uh, and a sharp provolone with some mayo and some hots. Okay. Very straightforward order. When I get mine, lettuce, tomato, mayo. Very on the onions because they give me a digestive mess, but sure, it is yeah. what it is. Okay. Totally fine. You know, there might be some people, like my wife, enjoys a cheesesteak with ketchup on it. Just her choice. It's her thing. Some people might like, you know, weirdly exotic versions of it. Like, oh, you know, a peppercorn ranch or all these things. Ooh, peppercorn ranch. I hate, I'm not a ranch guy, but peppercorn ranch, I fucks with. Sure. Now imagine if you will, it's a cheesesteak with all of those things on it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wins there. Yeah. You can't taste the meat. You can't taste the top. Like it's, it's just shit on top of shit on top of shit on top of shit. That's what this was. Yeah. hundred percent. Nothing got to work because everything was happening. Yeah. And that's also why I'm just going to say strap up swerve. Cause if, if swerves run so far as any indication, there's gonna be no bullshit with swerve matches. Like, <sighs> Yeah, but there's also Joe. There's also Wardlow. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I would hope that Jay White would course correct and go, you know, fight somebody else at this point. I don't know, you know, the direction that fe- the 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 Bang Bang Gang's going because right. they were zero for two on the night. Um, so, so yeah, I. And you know, good for MJF. He it's three hundred sixty-five days as, sure. as champion, the longest reign. Um, he's he's doing good work, but I just feel like the storyline is not doing him service sometimes. Right. right. It's it's just too much. Yeah. Rain it in. The guy can work his ass off. The guy can cut great promos. Yeah, dude he remembers did a diving fucking cutter from in, inside out. Yes. Unreal. Unreal. Just let him be him. Yeah. We don't need all this storytelling with Adam Cole and their videos. And they go to this restaurant one week and then go to that one. And now Roddy Strong's involved and the kingdom's there. And And they're cutting problems on each other. And they're in each other's houses and they're mowing each other. Why the fuck was mowing a lawn in a pro wrestling angle? 
I mean, well, you can ask Kuniko that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I just, you know, and I feel like, I feel like it's Adam Cole. I feel like he's, (laughs) you think, you think he's the issue here? I think he's the issue here. Um, Cause you know, all, all that time he spent in NXT and that's what, NXT was for the longest time these big convoluted overdone overdramatic acting yeah. storylines yeah. that it's just and it's since permeated the main roster look at the bloodline but um in terms of the match quality it, it takes away from the match like yeah. I wanted to see MJF in peak physical form against Jay White in peak physical form yes. and see this battle of of fierce competitors and who would be better who would best the the other of their era right one-on-one for the first time that's all you need yeah and that's what i wanted it is the opposite of what we fucking got and then there was no um no post-match angle nothing devil related happening yeah people are saying well the devil can't do anything if he's on the outside of the ring which yeah fair fair but Uh, still like uh, i i i need I need my, I need the chapters to start ending. Yeah. You know, Forward a, progression here. You're spinning a, wheels. A full book does not have one long chapter. <laughs> Multiple yeah. chapters. Slice this and few, dice. This feud is a run on sentence. Yes. And, and that's a bummer. I will say in totality, another good to great AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, the streak continues. Another, another, yeah. you know, more good matches than not good matches. Yeah. Or it, not great matches. Is this the best pay per view they've ever had? No. Is it the worst? Definitely not. Definitely it, not. It, it sits in that middle. But if just for Swerve Hangman, if you didn't watch it on Sunday, make the time. It was a hell of a show. And now I'm going to go ahead and order a cheesesteak. Catch you later, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The WWE Network 999 with a six-month commitment is committed to you. Not just original WWE, ECW, and WCW programming, but original feature films based off of super popular franchises. That's right. We're giving you Stingblade. Mm-hmm. Hiding in the rafters. Mm-hmm. You got face paint on. Black trench coat, scorpion upon chest, face paint. What will the slow country fella do next against the authority? I just hang around in the room for a little bit, have potted meat and ragger, hootie ragger. I might fall. This isn't the same one you guys use for Owen, is it? 
Sting, WWE Legends contract signee, returns triumphantly for an original WWE production. Stingblade on the WWE Network. Y'all not do that, that boy. Mm. Genders and fire. We're good. We got Drew McIntyre. JDG, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vicky got it. I miss Vicky's ass. We got a big butt. I want to bite her butt. Stingblade on the WWE Network. Available eventually. Mm-hmm. We're running out of money.